welcome to episode 523 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 523 of Iron Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. John, you're in France, you're somewhere beautiful, tell me all about it. I am, I've got uh, 15 minutes before we head off on day 6 of Epic Camp and we're at a place called San Foix Tarantese, I think it is, and today we head to Le Grand Bonard, which is going to be 122Ks with three passes in total climbing of around about 3,700 metres. That doesn't mean anything to anybody out there. It basically means we're going up and down hills all day and we'll probably be out there for close on seven hours ride time. It's going to be a big day. So I got an email from you the other day saying you're pretty screwed. How are you going? Oh, mate, this has got to be one of the harder camps we've ever had. Really? Uh, luck- luckily, yesterday we had uh, we were finished by two o'clock. But all the other days has been ridiculous. It's been, we've had to extend the cutoff time. So normally we have a twelve-hour wood training window yep. where you know if you start at six o'clock in the morning, you have to be done by six o'clock at night. Uh, and the days were so long, we had to extend that. We had people coming in at seven o'clock. Uh, uh-huh. I think the day before last, we had one guy come in. We were having dinner at eight o'clock, and he rolled. In. So there's been some some crazy big days. Uh, one of the bike rides when we rode from a place called Le Grave over the, the Glibier and the Isuard, uh, my ride time was was it seven hours forty seven, and that was actually moving time wow. uh, plus all the stops and stuff. Uh, plus we ran that morning, so it's been amazing scenery. Just uh, you know, just can't describe the guys have just been blown away we've had some really good weather so uh, all is going pretty well and how are you actually feeling like physically well i'll tell you what bevan and this is a little bit of a gross gross part of uh of my what i'm going to say today but yesterday the system got really well cleaned out oh, really? so i'm feeling a lot better <laughs> i won't ask which system you're talking about it's probably the plumbing at home maybe yes yeah. and let's just say Five trips made me. Wow, the uh, five trip day. That's a big that, day. That was in that was in the first uh, three hours of the day on a long run. So uh, I'm feeling a lot better. I, I really suffer. For, um, seem to suffer at altitude. Uh, I get really blocked up, and altitude combined with heat combined eating a hell of a lot more carbs than I'm used to has meant that it's uh, it was a bit rough. But yesterday, clean things out. And uh, so today, rearing to go. The future is looking bright. So what happens from here on in then? So you've got today, you're off for a big ride today. So in, is it, what is it, a 12-day camp? It, it's an 11-day camp, and I'm actually absolutely thrilled with the way that I've structured it because on the first uh, sort of four days or so, we're really very much moving point to point. They were massive days. You're packing, unloading, moving, and just it was uh, it was all a bit of a blur. Uh, we've been at the place we stayed at the last two nights at a, a company called Premier Neige, Um for two nights, and that's been really nice. So from here on in, we're staying sort of two nights uh, or even three at the very end, so it's a bit less moving. And from here on in, it kind of goes big day, like today's going to be a big day, and then it goes a shorter day where we basically do a a triathlon race. So there's lots of opportunities to tack on, um, but it sort of goes big day, short day, big day, short day. Uh, The short days are pretty hard, so it is, uh, yeah. But those opening few days, I just cannot describe how hard Mont Ventoux was. That just 
blew everybody to pieces. And as you're going to hear in the interviews, uh, it was brutal. And you just got absolute, if you didn't already have huge respect for those tour riders, uh, you certainly do now because just getting up that climb was absolute survival. Now, what's it like being in France when the tour is on? I know you're kind of in your own little bubble right now, but is because you're not really associating this with the Tour de France, but at the same time, is there any interest or are you very much just kind of on your own day and you kind of just check what's happening at the end of the day? I know I only started yesterday, but still. Yeah, so we, we, that was one of the great things about yesterday. We were able to kick back and have our legs up. I was uh, on the massage table and watching, uh, watching the finish. So, yes, we certainly are very aware of it, but obviously these first opening stages are uh, you know, very much sprint finishes and what have you. But I think the exciting thing for the guys over today and tomorrow is we're basically riding uh, the, one of the, the Tour de France stages for, that's in this year's edition. So oh, cool. uh, the, the, final, the, the final climb we do today, uh, tacked on to the ride we do the day after is is one of the, the the sort of queen stages through the Alps, so that's kind of cool for the guys. But when you when you when you, you you rack up your times compared to what people are going up these climbs, and it's ridiculous. I had yeah. I had an I had an okay climb up Alpe d'Huez. I had some issues in uh, the top three three kilometres where my guts was giving me some grief, and I, I got up there in 58 minutes. And an hour is sort of you know if you break. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good time. Uh, but I was ranked, I think, on Strava, 4,800 on Strava, and that doesn't include, you know, lots of, uh, lots of good riders. Wow. And I think the fastest guys, fastest guys get up there in like 30, 38 minutes or something. Wow. So um, um, 20 minutes off the fastest guys and 10 minutes off the fastest girls. And I still, you know, I was, I was pumping out 270 watts most of the way up there. Uh, fell apart a little bit at the end with some, some guts issues, and it wasn't an all-out maximum effort but it was still a strong effort but on Mont Ventoux it was even worse I think I was like 6,900 up Mont Ventoux but I did have a pretty uh, pretty big explosion there so what's, what's, the, what's the story of the camp what's the kind of what's happening with all the jerseys and all that kind of stuff Oh, there's 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 a, there's a little bit of a fight on for both the yellow and uh, and the red jerseys. So I've I'm back in yellow today, oh. and uh, got a little bit of a, a small buffer. I, I had to lay down a pretty hard swim yesterday, so we went to a, a 50 meter outdoor pool at a place called Bourges. Bourges Samoritz, and uh, you know I'm in a pretty fatigued state. We only had one hour to get it in, so I really want to try to maximise my points. So jumped in, did 1,000 bands uh, straight off the bat oh. to get an extra bonus point, and then uh, it had been did 10, 10 by 200 on three minutes, um, which is in normal circumstances is still a, a for me a, a reasonably hard set. But yesterday it was uh, that took uh, took a lot of effort, and for for some of you past campers. Um, I was doing. There was a couple of uh, what we call Montgomery turns in there, um, <laughs> and Bevan, you, you'll know what they are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, but just to top that swim off, what I had to do at the end, then I did a 200 meter butterfly and a 50 meter long course outdoor pool, and that seriously just about destroyed me. I was about 40 meters in, and the doubt started creeping in. And like, <laughs> were you looking like a like a, a dying dolphin <laughs> by the end of it? It was it was insanely hard because I was really fatigued after the ten by two. Oh my god, that took every little bit ounce of willpower I had to get through that, and it wasn't pretty. But I will say, Lou Di Giuseppe, he did the two hundred fly at the same time, and his was looking sharp. So oh, really. And, very sharp. So in the in the yellow, I'm in the lead. Uh, Adam K is in second, uh, and he's uh, 
pretty highly motivated to get that yellow jersey back off me, I think. Yep. Uh, and then I think maybe in fourth is maybe uh, the Philinator or the Holy Hammer. And then in the, the red jersey is, is Murray Lapworth, the Holy Hammer. He's uh, very determined and focused on getting that, but he's being pushed by a guy called Peter Mills, who is, uh, I think you'll hear from on this show. He's got an Ironman after the, after the camp, so we see, it'll be interesting to see how deep he's willing to go to, to give Murray a little bit of a, a push along. So, um, probably... Probably do, do, you one have KOM? do you have KOM on this camp? We do, yep. Uh, Adam, Adam K is absolutely crushing us all on the KOM. So from here on in on the KOM, for me, it's going to be a little bit strategic on, on how I play the KOM in terms of... Uh, so we have a KOM jersey, which is um, you know carries plenty of prestige, but at still the end mine, of the John. camp... Still got mine. Uh, uh, good. At the end of the camp, put, put those... Um, Whoever's in the lead in the KOM, it's sort of you get 20 points and then it drops one point per place. So I'm only oh. sitting in, I think, I think I'm sitting in fourth. So I need to pick up my game a little bit. I had a couple of, uh, couple of poor efforts. Okay. Yep. Mm. Probably one other different thing on this camp that's been quite, um, quite a noticeable change. We've got a little bit of a gruppetto happening with um, some girls on this camp. So we've got a couple of wives that are here, and they um, don't necessarily meet the epic camp criteria in terms of needing to be sub-11 hours, but they've been on previous camps that I've run, so I, um, given they had husbands and what have you on the camp, I was happy to have them along. And it's brought a really nice um, dynamic to the group. So we've got uh, four or five, I think maybe six females on the camp this year. Um, So that's it's made it, uh, you know, just a little bit more balanced and a a little bit more relaxed for, for most of us. So, yeah. All in all, we've certainly got no complaints. We've had fantastic weather. The only rain we've had has been when we were going up Alp Duez, which was quite welcome. Uh, and today, very cloudy out there, but it's supposed to clear up. So, yeah, the weather's been sensational. John, but the, the more important question is, what day is your birthday? When do you turn 40? Or are you oh. already 40? Uh, no, no. Today's July 3rd over here. So July the 6th. So that's, uh, mm. what is that? Thursday, I think it is. Okay. So, yeah. So on July the 6th, the plan is to be doing 100 100s. Oh, that's and right. people are dropping like flies. Oh, really? People are talking a big game at the start of the camp. But the, uh, yeah, the number of people that are putting their hand up to actually do the 100 100s is, is few and far between. <laughs> and also, you've just got to think how long we're going to be in the pool. So yeah. I anticipate being extremely tired by that time. And the, 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 the time cutoffs, are, not the time cutoffs, the time intervals, you can do them on the 145, you can do them on the two minutes, or you can do them on the 215, or you can just do them. And so I, realistically, I don't think I'll be able to make 100 on the 145 just because my arms are going to be so tired yep. so I'll probably start at that and then maybe drop down a bit but if you do them on two minutes uh, you're in the water for three hours and 20 minutes wow so that's, sorry that's crazy that's, that's, yes that's so. crazy <laughs> in an outdoor 50 metre pool so there's going to be some, some serious suntan gained that day uh, but I'm looking forward to it it's going to be a good challenge so, Jombo, um, what we're going to do in today's show, John's been, we know this show's a bit different for you guys and we haven't really been talking much about what's been happening lately in the sport. I'll, I'm going to do a bit of a quick wrap-up of what happened in Frankfurt. Uh, you guys probably know the results, but I'm just going to do a quick wrap-up of that soon. And then, John, you've been doing some interviews. But before we kind of say goodbye in this segment of the show, just one thing John's been doing lately, which, mate, this is, it's over the moon with what you did here, is the Iron Talk gear. It's awesome. 
is very good. So, guys, go and check that out. We've got a few guys on the camp who have been wearing I Am Talk gear and, and a couple that have, uh, have raced in it as well. And you just get loads of support out there. It's, it's really, you know, we like to think we've got a bit of a community here, and uh, it's a way you guys can identify yourself as a listener, get a bit of support out there. And it's a great icebreaker if you're out training uh, or racing somewhere and you've got I Am Talk gear on, then people are going to recognize you and you can, uh, you know, a bit of an icebreaker and, and have a bit of a chin wag about the, about the show and get into things. And it's cool gear. Yeah, I mean, really happy with the design, oh, and we've got pretty amazing. much everything out there. There's bike jerseys, there's long sleeve bike jerseys, there's tri suits, there's tri tops and shorts, there's socks, there's a little cap, there's a t-shirt. So um, the hoodie, got the hoodie's your, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so there's plenty up there. Now, I did note there's a couple of questions on there. So with the Champion Systems range, they have, um, I think they have sort of two or three sort of models in terms of your your, your, your basic model, your intermediate, and your and your, your kick-ass sort of uh, go crazy models. And there was a question on Facebook about um, if they can have a medium range, something or other. So I'll try to get back to you guys on that. But it's the gear's looking awesome. They ship pretty much everywhere in the world. Uh, I think as long as you order, you know, if you order, over a sorry, my you're very popular right now. Um, yeah, my FaceTime's going crazy. The family wants to talk. Uh, you basically that ships anywhere in the world, and I think if you order over a hundred dollars, the shipping's very, very reasonable. And so that's usually sort of one and a half items or something like that. But get out there and uh, and look good. And, and the Champion Systems Champion <laughs> Systems range is is uh, is very. It's good, good quality, and you guys will uh, look good. And you can do it all in one store. You don't have to, um, you know, pay us via far out. His family really wants to speak to him. Well, I, I, I really we'll, speak to me. Well, we, so I will say, guys, seriously, go to www.iamtalk.me if you've ever wanted to get some gear. And the good thing about what we've got this time is we've had the jerseys in the past and the tri suits and stuff, but this has got a lot of selection. Like even just like the notebook. Um, cover I'm going to be buying that and, and a hoodie and a top and a, so it's just got a bit of everything and if you are looking to get it just I'll put a link on www.iamtalk.me it's, it's going to be all pretty simple to see and when you go to the site you're going to see it's really well designed like we spent a bit of time getting the design right and I have to say based on what I'm seeing here John it looks pretty cool so uh, just go to www.iamtalk.me and there'll be a link to this here now what's happening is basically we're putting an order in and what's the cutoff date John? We haven't got an exact cutoff date, but if you get in now, it's going to be for a couple more weeks yet. So where are we? The July the third. So realistically, you'll be getting it in late August. So if we say, um, let's say, cutoff date say around about July the twentieth. Um, yep. If we change that, we'll put it on Facebook. But let's, you know, for for all intents and purposes, say July twentieth. Then it usually takes around about sort of three to four weeks for uh, for production and delivery. So you'll be getting it sort of sort of late August. So that's what we're doing. We're doing one order before then. So then if you if you don't get in there who knows well we'll do another one eventually but you know if you want to get in now get onto it now so go to www.iamtalk.me it's all pretty simple and I have to say once again the gear is looking really cool so you guys will love it and you'll wear it pride and get lots of love from the community John Boy, I know you kind of have to go anything else you want to say before you wrap it up no, we so I'll be doing a bunch more interviews um, from campers I haven't got to yet, and we'll be putting those out in next week's show. So if you want to, there's lots of guys blogging on the camp. So if you want to go and check them out, go to epiccamp.com and then click on. Uh, there's a button on there, live from France or something like that, and there's loads of guys that are blogging on there. I'm almost up to date. I think I'm maybe on day four, uh, but yeah, lots of blogging up there. If you want to check out the amazing photos, uh, go go check out the Epic Camp page on Facebook, and there's loads of awesome photos you can see what we're up to 
and uh, good luck for the rest of the camp. Have an awesome 40th birthday, and uh, yep, we'll see you. Will I be seeing you in the studios next time, or is it next week? No, uh, no, I'm still over here next week. It'll be the week after. Okay, so we've got one more week of Epic Camp, and then we'll be back to normal. So uh, thanks, John, and we'll see you guys soon. Radio team, it's just Bevan here. I'm just giving a quick update on what happened at Ironman Germany last weekend, the European Championships. Uh, pretty exciting race, and I'm going to talk about the girls' side of things first because, to be honest, you know the big everyone was expecting Daniela Reef to kind of come in and dominate the dojo at this race, and unfortunately she had to pull out of the race. It was interesting because reading the reports, basically what happened was she started the swim strong, put a big lead on the pack pretty early on in the swim, and then not long into the swim started doing some backstroking, and it turned out um, post-race she was talking about how it was just so cold, and she was really cold you know, when she was in the water, and she kind of made her goal just to get out of the water as fast as possible. She did manage to get out of the water in first place, got on the bike, and she was just saying she couldn't even get into the aero position. So I'm not quite sure if she was sick or if it was something else, but she had to pull out of the race, which then kind of opened the field up to everybody else. And from there, it became a really interesting race because we had a couple, you know, local people kind of doing really well in the race. And the, the bike race went along really well, and three girls got off the bike in a pretty good position. But none of them had actually ran that well in the last period of time because most of them had been injured. Uh, these included, oh, now these names are going to get me because I'm not good with the German names, but Daniela Simula and Natasha Schmidt, they both got out of the water um, onto the bike. And I think someone else was with them as well, and they were quite far ahead of everyone else. Uh, but in post-race interviews, they both talked about how they hadn't actually ran more than 20Ks because they came into the race in an injured state or had been injured in leading up to the race. So um, they weren't able to maintain that pace. Not far behind them, they had Melissa Holschild, who was the, uh, the uh, I think she won the, the Asian Pacific Championships last year. So pretty sure she did. So... She had a pretty good run. She ended up running just over three hours and 3.12 to manage to win the race. So coming from behind, I think she took the lead about 20, in the, in the 20K mark in the race. So then she went on to win by about nine minutes, eight minutes. So pretty good run by her. And then uh, in second place, we had Katja Konshak. And she had a blinding run, did a sub three. I think she was like 15th off the bike and ran down the field into second place. So that's a pretty phenomenal effort. And then Daniela Schimmer, came in in third place in the women's race. In the men's race, it was a bit of a two-horse race all day. Uh, we had, who were the two guys who were doing really well? We had Andy Brusher and Sebastian Kinglay. Now, they were, Sebastian managed to take the race out, but it was a pretty interesting race. He got out of the water four minutes behind the rest of the pack, and he was saying he was pretty frustrated with his swim. He was hoping to be a little bit closer to them. I think Marco Albert was first out of the water in the swim. And then... Uh, getting off the bike, yeah, I think you had three guys in a pretty good position for the run. So you had Nico Lanus, Andy and Sebastian all coming off the bike together. And, and to be honest, at that point, you probably would have put, you know, well, you wouldn't say Alanis is in the best position, but Alanis is a pretty good runner. And uh, he just didn't have the legs today. And he dropped away from Andy and Sebastian pretty early on the day. And it became a bit of a two-horse race. And Sebastian managed to get, I think, about a kind of maybe about a 90-second lead on Andy, not far from the end. But then Andy just kept on pushing and managed to keep that gap to about 57 seconds. Now, Andy's not, you know, the top, top runner in the sport, but he had actually managed to run a 245, 
which is absolutely phenomenal because he was saying leading to the race he would have been over the moon with a 250 so to run a 245 is absolutely phenomenal and and this is what we want to see in championship races we want to see a competition and just you know Sebastian and Andy absolutely smacked it out so Sebastian managed to win the race again he won it two years ago so he's once again the European champion and I think he'd be pretty happy with his race he'd need to do a bit of work on his swimming leading into Kona um but also Andy's just, you know, a, a complete performance. Andy did a 48 swim, a 415 bike, and a 245 run. And he was just saying post-run, post the race that, you know, it didn't feel like a disappointing second. He was just over the moon with the way he raced, and it sounds like he stayed in the fight the whole time. Um, Marco Albert came in in fourth. Uh, I think he actually ran down to third at some stage, and then Nico Lanas actually ran back down to third, so there was a bit of a race happening there as well. And then Will Clark from Great Britain managed to take off fifth there. So, great championship race, which is pretty cool. Um, we've got Rote coming up in, is it next week, so Rote's going to be coming up soon, um, so it's going to be another exciting race as well. So, for all of those people who race Germany, well done, and uh, yeah, let's rock on. So guys, that was Ironman Germany. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to put the Epic Camp interviews on, and that's pretty much going to run for the rest of the show. John has been interviewing the guys who are on Epic Camp, and these are always pretty inspirational. So let's get into the Epic Camp interviews. Okay, I'm going to line up some Epic Camp interviews now, as per usual. I've been absolutely crap in the first couple of days getting anything together. Uh, it has been a very epic first two days. Day one, had to extend the, minute, the the cutoff time by one hour, so we had 13 hours of training for some people, and then pretty much had to do the same thing day two. So day one, we had a swim in the morning, a 2k swim race, uh, 3k in total, and then headed off for our ride at Mont Ventoux, which was windy and hot and took very much all day uh, we also had a 10k run off the bike so it was epic almost everybody exploded on Mont Ventoux uh, we had a very long tough approach about 115ks with uh, lots of headwind lots of hills and it was very rough and then on to day two we started out with a 35 minute run and then went on to 170 kilometer ride from vaison la Romaine to Ombrum and yeah a bit of a hilly ride beautiful ride and then I had to tack on an extra 40 k's because the yellow jersey competition was heating up and then we had a 3k swim to finish off the day so I'll fill in some more details later on but now I'm going to try to slot in a few interviews finally day four and I'm actually doing my first interview we're all pretty tired yeah, but we've got one of our veterans back, Andrew Charles. Welcome back, Andrew. Thank you, John. Pleasure to be back. Tell us why you're here this time around. Oh, mainly to support my wife, Shannon. Yeah. And how have you found it so far? Uh, because I'm the most out-of-shape person here, it's been relatively tough. Yeah. I mean, you, you say you were here to support Shannon, but what, what were your, your actual objectives for yourself to, to, to try to achieve as you're going through the camp in your more a support role? Um... Well, I want to run, swim and bike every day and get over the major climbs, but Mont Ventoux's already beaten me. <laughs> I managed to get double, double leg cramp with 6k to go, yeah. which uh, forced me to walk for a couple of kilometres and then get in the van. But apart from that, it's been all good. What do you, I mean, um, putting your, your own sort of athletic performances aside, what are you sort of noticing about this camp as opposed to previous camps? Uh, once again, it's hard for the group on the bike to ride together. 
it's a bit like the Pyrenees camp 10 years ago because after 20 or 30 k's you hit a big climb and pretty much the, the pack separates and of course people don't spend too long at the top of climbs because it's cold. Mm. So it's not like a Canada camp or New Zealand camp where you can pretty much drill it you know, for a couple of hundred k's on the flat and mm. you know, test the other egos out. Mm. And what about on this camp we've got, um, we've got some more girls on this camp so we've got a little group here of girls going. My sort of sense is it's, it's changed the vibe a little bit positively on this camp. Oh absolutely and the girls are good value. Um, they're all in good spirits and they tough it out every day. I mean I rode with the girls for the first uh, two hours on the first day and then we hit Mont Von Tour and I was straight out the back. Yeah, yeah. I mean they all weigh 50 kilograms, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed actually, you have to be 65 <laughs> kilos plus to do these camps. We should, we should have mandatory uh, foot, body weight, bike and uh, water bottles all weighed and if you haven't got enough, few few lead weights. Although maybe at 93 kilograms you should not let me come on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's your plan for the rest of the camp? Uh, just keep ticking them over. Um, basically just keep swimming, running and riding every single day and get through every climb from now on, not miss a single climb and and try and keep up with Shannon where I can, just support her, ride with her, mm-hmm. see how she goes. I'll keep you to that. I'll be watching on those climbs. <laughs> no, not on the climbs, mate. <laughs> That's you and her and Adam. <laughs> Leave me out of it. Nice. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Okay, on the camp, as a lot of you guys know, I'm celebrating my 40th birthday, and we're going to be doing some fun stuff. Some people will say fun. Some people will say 100 100s is not much fun. And one of those people was sitting across from me, and he is celebrating his 50th birthday on this camp. So, Peter Mills, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you get up to. Okay, yeah, thanks, John. Um, well, basically, I'm from originally uh, the U.S. and uh, spent most of my life in Ireland. Um, enthusiastic triathlete, but some people say I'm more of a duathlete in denial. Uh, and as you've seen some, sometimes in the pool today, I think it kind of dem- demonstrates that. But enjoying it, I think it's great fun. Uh, uh, you know, it's challenging, good company, and like I said, I think it's, I'm, I'm glad I'm here. So what were your expectations? <coughs> Excuse me. What were your expectations coming into the camp? In terms of, <coughs> in terms of how hard it was going to be, I th- I thought it would be this hard, and like I said, there there have been some moments uh, over the, each day so far where I thought it's been absolutely murderous, um, <coughs> but but previously, like I heard from the, heard about the camp originally, I guess it was 2005 I'm, when I was living in Dublin. Kieran Cassidy <coughs> did did it, and I think he spoke uh, spoke about how tough it was for that camp, yeah. um, and you just you know you listen to the bo- you li- listen to the show, you look at the um, you look, you know, you look at the blogs and what people say. You know, it just looks like a, you know, just a, a true uh, pain and suffering session. Mm. Um, how have you found the climbs? Because you, you, you're living in Switzerland, and so you do a lot of climbing. Yeah. But now we're doing climbing, climbing in a fatigued state. Have you found that fairly challenging? Yeah, I have good moments and bad moments. Uh, but generally, I'd, I'd like to think I probably have a little bit of a leg up on people. Number one, I'm not, I wasn't, didn't come into the camp jet lagged. Second of all, I just, I just do a bit of, a lot of climbing, so it hasn't been too bad for me. But, but I, I, I more or less know my place. I mean, I know sort of, like I said to you earlier in the camp, I want to be at the uh, front end of the, for the back end of the front group. You know, that's sort of the op- observation and what I'm trying to do in the camp. So. And what are your, what are your sort of objectives um, after the camp? Uh, Ironman Zurich is the uh, main priority. Uh, there's also Swiss Iron Trail, which follows Ironman Zurich about two weeks later. There is Powerman Zofingen, and there's an ETAP, which is a 283 kilometer, 7,000 meter cl- cl- 
climbing mm-hmm. event, uh, and that's all sort of leading me into what where you know what I'm going to be doing next. I'm sort of in gardening leave at the moment. Mm. New job starts September first. Oh, so nice. Um, and I'm 40. We've got some 30 year olds on the camp. You're 50. One of the big questions a lot of people ask is, you know, how do you sort of look after yourself and um, if you stay injury free, how do you sort of how do you, how have you got to where you are? Well, I, I don't, I mean, I, it goes without saying I haven't, uh, I've had plenty of tra- problems. I've had two knee surgeries in the last 12 months, yeah. uh, both ski related. Yeah. Um, how I look after myself, I have a nutritionist wife oh, nice. who uh, believes in, you know, believes in eating some, eating well. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't look after myself as we're sitting here with two beers in front of us <laughs> after a very tough day. Yeah. So, well, you know, you try to mix the good and the bad and you try to offset the beers and the, the odd wine and a bit of the odd bad eating with, uh, with plenty of exercise. And what's been the toughest moment on the camp for you so far? Uh, swimming, 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 and swimming. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Peter is. Well, what sort of speed do you do in Ironman swimming? Best was 110. Yeah. And I'm swimming fatigued and uh, quite frankly intimidated with the with the overall crowd. Uh, and I just haven't quite found a downhill pull yet to swim in. Yeah. So it's frustrating, you know. Like I said, I've had friends. I, I don't have this on my Ironman. Iron, I am talk. Uh, nickname but I have two nicknames which is basically DID which is duathlete in denial yeah. and the other one is the polystyrene brick <laughs> and you've, I think you've sort of seen good evidence of there's lots yeah. of effort in the water yeah. but there's very little mo- uh, propulsion yeah. awesome you're doing a great job keep it up cheers thanks sponsor guys I want to talk about ethlinks.com now if you haven't joined up to ethlinks.com over the years which A why haven't you and B you need to. Um, I'm just going to talk you through the process of joining up. And the good thing about Athlinks is it's one of those websites that if you already have social media accounts, you can just use those to link up when you join in. So you go to athlinks.com and even before you join, you can just do a search. So if I just pull in like a, I don't know, random name, let's just say John Smith, on the front page, you can pull that, put your name in there and they'll show you which results they'll have for names that match your names. And that's what's great about Athlinks. They have this massive data base of races like millions of races all around the world and so they'll find people who have the same name with you now it might not be you if you have a a pretty kind of typical name like john smith you know you know they may not always be you but if you have a name that's a little bit more obscure well then you'll probably find your name's going to pop up in the races so for example just on the front page i haven't signed in but i've just put john smith up and it's got that there's 5,000 races unclaimed results for athletes matching john smith now your name you might find there might be you know depending on how many races you've done you might find these up to you know 100 races that you've done so then what you do is you go back and you take in your information you go back to the front page and you click sign in once you hit the client sign in page, it's just going to take you through to how to sign in or join up, sorry, the join up page. You click on the join up page and you have the option of joining up just with using your Facebook login, your Twitter account or your Google login. So that makes it really easy if you just want to get it done quickly or if you don't want to use those social media accounts, you can just go in and put your information or if it's on there, your name password and all those types of things. Then once you've done that, you'll click on join, you'll go through the confirmation process and then you can claim those results. So while John often talks about making sure you claim your results post the race seat, you know, the weekend after the race, what you can do is you can go back and claim all the old results that you found in the search area there. And again, like we often talk about a lot of the races we do over time, particularly if you're someone who races a lot, just kind of get lost. Right, if you can keep all of these in one place, then you you, you kind of have that history. 
And I remember when we were interviewing the late uh, Jackie Gallagher, and she was just, she had a record of every race she'd ever done, and it was such a cool resource to have. And I think, you know, it's one of those things where right now you may not appreciate it so much, but 20 years from now, you're going to appreciate that you've taken the time and effort to have a record of your athletic career. So as I just showed you there, it's very, very easy to join Athlinks.com. So make sure you do if you haven't already, and then just get into the habit of putting your results in each week. Again, 20 years from now, you won't regret it. Athlinks.com. Okay, here's some more Epic Camp interviews. We have a fairly good Christchurch contingent over here in Epic Camp. We've got the Philinator Phil Patterson. We've got the Holy Hammer Murray Lapworth. We've got uh, Grinder Chrissy McKinley. We've got the Stalker Zania Morrison, who may well get another nickname as well as the uh, the female Mountain Snail because she does go down hills, perhaps even slower than John Hancock, the, the original Mountain Snail. Um, but the husband of Zania is Ian Wood. He's uh, been on Kona camps before. This time he's stepping up to the full Monty. Welcome along, Ian. Thank you, John. It's great to be here. You've followed the camps a lot. You've done Kona, which is pretty hard. But uh, what were you sort of you thinking coming into this camp? I was absolutely packing myself, John. <laughs> I must admit, and um, I really didn't. Um, as you said, I've followed these camps for many years, and it's something that I always thought I would love to do one of those. But I really didn't think I was capable. Mm. And I must admit, after day one, I was still thinking that I had an absolute shocker in day one but I haven't looked past the the next day each day and I think that's the best way of getting through it because if you if you look long term I think you said it's a bit like an Ironman you think about you know the next 5k in the run or whatever you just don't look too far ahead or else it's just it's just (laughs) too too much to fathom and going day by day it's getting better and better i've been a bit sickly but um the last couple of days have been awesome and i'm really getting into it so in terms of your background so people sort of get a get a feel for where you're at um tell us a bit about you know your your pedigree and or and lack of and some one of the disciplines um <laughs> but sort of what you've done in terms of ironmans half ironmans and uh sort of times speed etc um i've done quite a few halves i've only done three full um my times have been just under 11 hours so I think I'm cap- I'm definitely capable of faster than that. It's very easy to mm. see sitting here, but mm. it's never quite come together, especially on the run. As you intimated there, the swim is most definitely my <laughs> my Achilles heel. Um, it's pretty woeful. It's prob- I think my I'm trying to think about one ten is my kind of swim time. Um, but my my biking, my hill climbing's okay. Um, my running, if I can actually keep it together, is okay. But as I said, I've never actually held it together on an Ironman, so I haven't got any great desire to do an Ironman at the moment. But maybe after this, if um, if I'm feeling inspired and the level of fitness that I'll get from the camp, maybe maybe I will. So talk us through day by day so far. So you've uh, we're into we've just finished day four. And we're all sitting here at a place called the Grave, and as I look over Ian's shoulder, it's just spectacular. There's this massive glacier behind us, uh, and it's pretty awesome. So, day one, you had a bit of an explosion, but you seem to be getting better day by day. So maybe tell us, run, run us through your days. Um, day one was it was a about 115k ride to the base of Mont Ventoux, and I was feeling not too bad until 
we stopped at the base and then about two k's up Mont Blanc 2 which is a 20 20 k mm. climb um, I totally exploded I've never <laughs> felt so bad on a bike in my life literally my, my quads just gave, gave up I don't know if it was nutrition or what it was but I was very 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 close to getting in the van and I was thinking my god day one and I have to get in the van um, but I, I had a sit down took a load of coke in and I managed to get myself to the top but I remember thinking oh my god I've got two weeks of this I am just <laughs> not going to survive um, day two it was it was definitely a bit better I would taken it very conservatively I've, I was choked up with the cold but I felt an awful lot better and we finished it with an absolutely stunning swim in uh, Umbr- Umbrum yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely beautiful lake, probably 21, 22 degrees. I mean, as I said, I'm not a swimming fan, uh, but I absolutely love the swim there. It was just beautiful. Day three, that was yesterday, we started off with an aquathon, which is my worst nightmare. (laughs) Um, But again, the swim was just absolutely beautiful, and I obviously was away down after the swim, but I I had a good run and, you know, began to feel okay. I can... At least I can be semi-competitive about with something, and then today was just awesome. We had, got, uh, and then and then we had the cold at Cold Desert. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was feeling absolutely great up the Cold Desert. It was absolutely stunning. Um, and I said to you last night, John, the the riding yesterday was just the best riding I've ever done in my life. It was mm. absolutely stunning. We, then we went up the Cold Lottery mm. after that, and beautiful and the descents down from the both those calls were incredible and then day four you're on fire today was a good day yeah we had a time trial I, I was feeling horrible this morning it was combination of I think a few days and a bit of a cold moving down to my chest and I thought oh I'm not going to be able to get out of bed but we had a time trial up outdoors and yeah it went well it was pissing down but it was actually a good temperature for for climbing, um, I was nearly catching you towards the end, John. You were obviously suffering. There was some some GI issues going on. You probably <laughs> didn't want to catch me. <laughs> and then again, my next worst nightmare. We had a fifteen hundred meter um, swim race, which I think most people, apart from John and Shannon, and a couple of the guns, basically just tried to get through. But it was amazing swimming at altitude after about four lanes I thought I was having a heart attack my breathing just went out the window and I honestly I thought I was about to die but just took a few moments and calmed down and got through it um, and then we had a 10k running race around the around the trails above Alpe d'Huez which it was tough um, but again it, it went really well Ian was, I thought it was Ian running directly behind me, kind of heard these little huffs and puffs, I'm pretty sure that was Ian, and, but I kind of knew when we got to the downhill, it was all over Rover. <laughs> it was all over Rover, um, I won't use the excuse of a dodgy knee, but you know, John, uh, yeah, you, you, yeah. you went away from me. I, I know where your weakness is, and I was going to exploit it. <laughs> but I had a good, uh, a good race off with Peter, the previous interviewee, and I managed to hold him off, and I think I got fourth, and I got fourth up the... Alpe d'Huez is what? Fourth? Fourth or fifth. Mm. So, very pleased with that. So, uh, if I don't do anything else in the camp, I'm quite happy with what I've done today. 
in the rest of the camp? It's just take it day by day? Yeah, I literally have not looked. I haven't even looked at tomorrow. The guys have started telling me what tomorrow is, which sounds absolutely huge. It's just mm. under 5,000 metres of climbing. Mm. So it's going to be a big day, but there's no swimming, so that's <laughs> going to be a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I'll just keep going like that, just not just taking get through the next day and the next day i make it sound like a chore but it's absolutely not but it's the only way you can actually get through it but it's been sensible approach it has been absolutely awesome Uh, everything i thought it would be and the the places we've been staying have been absolutely superb the meals have been superb and Oh, it's a pity that, well, you see it's the last one, John, but I don't know. No, 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 no. Every biannually is the plan now. Oh, is it? Oh, yep. okay. Biannual. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. We'll catch up with you later in the camp and see, uh, see if you're still perky then. <laughs> Thanks a lot, John. Tell you what, my new, this new voice record we've got is awesome. We're sitting here after day six of camp, looking at the forecast for tomorrow. It's looking nice and sunny on Epic Camp France. Had a look today is our first day where we've actually had some downtime. So I'm going to try to do a few more interviews. Uh, we opened up today with just an easy roll down to the pool, 15, 16 k's downhill, and then had a one-hour swim where we could do all sorts of bonus sets or options or just get wet and keep going for an hour. Tootled back up the hill, and we did also start the day with a two-hour run for some of us. Some did some did one hour. So. It's been going great. Yesterday was gigantic with the cold Izaran and the cold Galibier. And one man who made it all the way across those climbs was Stefan Dooney from Australia. Tell us a bit about yourself, Stefan, where you're from and what your story is. Uh, thanks, John. Yes, I'm from Australia, sunny Brisbane in Queensland. I've done a couple of Ironman a few years ago. Always loved the endurance side of um, riding and cycling and less so swimming. So... It's pretty convenient. I had a shoulder reconstruction six months ago, so I've missed a lot of the heavy and hardcore swimming sets. And um, this is my first camp, and I've really been enjoying it. And uh, it's plenty of hard work and a bit of an insight into uh, some of the I Am Talk community and how focused the guys are and um, different abilities and that sort of thing. You've been looking pretty stylish in that I Am Talk tri suit. Yeah, that's one of my prized possessions. I did bring it out today on on the run up up the mountain, which was uh, we are fairly high here, so it was a bit of a mountain or mountain walk slash hike slash run on the flats, but um, certainly was one of the most magnificent views or vistas we've ever seen or that I have ever seen. Uh, running along the top there in an old sort of community with no electricity or or that sort of thing and it was just you know ancient buildings and um our uh, very capable host or or local here ollie um has certainly provided the good oil for us to get to know exactly what's going on and lined up a few outstanding adventures for us up here so you've obviously been listening to the show for a while um what were you, how are you sort of feeling? And, and you were just, he asked before where we were doing this interview, you're going to ask any burden feelings, what's going on inside your head? So this is sort of halfway there. You know, what were your expectations? Were you crapping your pants coming into this? What, what were you sort of thinking when we were sitting in Axon Provence and, and getting ready to kick off? Yeah, it was, I had definitely had a bit of um, anxiety about just what it was going to entail. Um, it was also uh, definitely like looking forward to it. It's something that you know I've I've 
seen on the tour a, a lot of things in the past where you know you just see the countryside upon countryside upon mountains and villages and you know we come out of Aix-en-Provence and the first little warm-up day and there's some strong boys on the front putting in some efforts uh Glenn and Walter are you know when they're on the flat they can definitely crank it out and I was just sitting on the back going it's going to be fairly full on <laughs> but it was about seven k's into it and we're going under aqueducts and going through uh just literally you know little mountain villages and we stopped and had a coffee and that sort of thing so um that got me pretty comfortable uh the first day I just thought I've just got to try and hold on here because I'd was having a few navigational issues with my Garmin. <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't want to get dropped here. So it's probably better just to put in a bit more effort to hold on. The group split apart. We're only supposed to go out at Ironman effort. That was John's instruction. <laughs> and so it would be fairly quick Ironman bike time if, if uh, that's someone could maintain those watts for, for a full Ironman. So... We got to Vontour and I was pretty buggered and how would I feel? Uh, I felt like I was okay, um, but I wasn't anticipating that Vontour was going to be uh, a, a brute, I would say. Um, and maybe if I'd taken it easier, it would have been a bit more enjoyable. But as I got up Vontour, I started cramping fairly bad. It was fairly hot and I was depleted and I was paying for that work to get there in the first place and uh, I went to a fairly as Bevan would say maybe a dark place and I had a few demons I had to work through and over the last couple of k's our cramps were just going ballistic and I had to get off the bike I was only <laughs> uh, 1k from the top and I couldn't make it I got off the bike and uh, I was very much struggling and I was thinking, oh my God, my camp is over. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Uh, and then I got going a little bit and then I made it another 500 metres. And this is actually the climb's really, um, the hard part of the climb's over. Like you can see the end and it's only 7% instead of 10%. And then lucky Glenn came up and gave me a few salt tablets and um managed to get going again and um the old um epic camp man louis was up the top as well yeah. and um i just froze up entirely on the bike up the top couldn't get off louis was holding me up glenn was <laughs> on the other side and they just helped me off the bike and so uh i was feeling a bit mm, this is going to be a challenging week ahead or a couple of weeks ahead so it was it was an incredible level of on too. I mean, I've done a fair few mountains, but bugger me, that was it was really tough. I and mean, when we'd had a very hard approach, it was very very hot. That was tough. Um, you also got passed by someone on the climb who wasn't part of the camp. Yeah, yeah, I got passed by someone. Um, I probably got passed by a few people that weren't on the camp in the last little bit. But there was one guy who was just spinning up who had. Uh, pluggers on or jandals or thongs um depending on where you are in the world and he was just riding up on a road bike just in thongs and passed me and i never saw him again actually so uh it was a bit ridiculous but um we've seen all sorts climbing like we we climbed up um the Isaran and 
Um, these people didn't go past me. We passed a few people lugging up um, big pannier bags mm. on, um, you know, on pretty heavy looking bikes and it's not easy, but they're just enjoying it. And uh, it's been fantastic with the weather and the climbing. And um, one big thing I've noticed is really, you just, you go up really quickly. Mm. Um, you get a lot of elevation quick and you change around and the views just change every single corner you go around basically. And it's, yeah, fantastic. So has it been um, a bit different for you? You know, you, you're a big Zwifter. So going from Zwifting to, to, to road cycling, I mean, how have you found, found sort of trying to simulate climbing or have you been able to get out on the road a bit? Yeah, I've, um, Zwifting's been a bit of a necessary evil, to be honest. So um, it's something that I've gone to having um, our, our first child um, earlier in the year. So I've just found it's really time efficient to get in and get something done. Um, I was probably doing one solid road ride a week um which i think really helps just with all your bike handling skills going down hills and those sorts of things um but zwifting the probably the hardest thing i've found is um simulating the length of the climbs mm. and so you know yesterday you know there was one climb we climbing up for about an hour and a half and earlier that day we'd done a climb that was over an hour and we'd had a couple of other climbs that were, I don't know, 20 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, on Zwift, it's fairly hard to, um, you know, hack your trainer, I suppose, to keep doing hour and a half climbs. Mm-hmm. So um, the constantness of the whole thing's been difficult. To give you guys some perspective, so yesterday when we were going over the Glibier, that was, uh, we had 10, about 10 k's to get to the top of the Col de Lotere, which was only probably, I don't know, sort of 3, 4, 5%. But then we had another maybe 8K to the top of the Galibier, which is about, uh, it's probably ranges between sort of 7 to 10%. And then we had a long, long descent down the Galibier, down the Col de Telegraph. And then from there, it was about 60, 70 Ks or so to the top of the Isaran. And it was a bit of up and down, up and down, up and down. And then the last 20 Ks, which I had anticipated being not too bad, was basically 20 Ks. And on the side of the road, you have markers that give you the, the percentage for each next kilometre. And just about every kilometre was either 7, 8 or 9%, with the exception of there was about a kilometre in the middle somewhere that was a 3%. And my God, did I need that. And the final K, I think it was a final, no, the second to last K was a 10%. And that, uh, when you're at 2,700 odd metres high, it was a uh, it was a brute. So, in in terms of your highlights so far, I mean, bloody hell, it was six days in. There's been some amazing. The big big thing for me is the scenery has just been spectacular. But, you know, we've done uh, a bunch of climbs. Has there been any particular highlight for you so far? Yeah, all the climbs have been fantastic and different. One highlight for me has definitely been running on top of Alpe d'Huez. Mm. And so we ran the run course of the Alpe d'Huez try, and we did a couple laps up there, and we had a mini triathlon up there. Um, and that was just fantastic about kind of you felt like you're running on top of the world and we've been really fortunate with the weather and you know just these vistas are all over the place and you know running at altitude and um, seeing some other guys running up there it was just you just felt like you were just running on top of the world and that was definitely a big highlight for me nice so um, what's your plan for the rest of the camp rest of the camp is um, 
get through it basically mm. so today i've had a very relaxed day and i was um after nine hours or the best part of nine hours on the bike yesterday which was my longest distance or sorry longest time on the bike and um most climbing i've ever done probably needed a bit of a break today um so uh just be steady and consistent and really enjoy it and enjoy the company of some really good athletes um who are good um blokes and good ladies as well awesome well we'll maybe try to catch up with you at the end of the camp and uh thank you for wearing the i am talk gear we love everybody who wears it have you have you worn it uh, just before we finish have you have you worn it in any races or anything like that yeah i wore it in um port mac try get any feedback yeah, got a few shouts, so it's always good to wear it. There's, um, you know, it's a, a good community out there and uh, just gives you that little bit of um, pep when you're feeling a bit down, so recommended. So if you, you guys are out there, you want to get any, we've got our new kit, um, which is going to be, which is up on, uh, hopefully Bevan's put a link up on our website, but otherwise you can get to it via our Facebook page. Uh, it's all our brand spanking new kit. So thanks, Stefan, and have a great rest of your camp. Thanks, John. Cheers. Okay, next up we're, we're sitting in a place called Chalet 4 and if you ever want a lovely place to come with a family or a training group, these guys are awesome. They One of the guys who owns the place is a former Epic camper, so he knows what we're all about and they've got a bunch of apartments in this gigantic chalet, so you've got cooking facilities and they've got kind of a setup where they've got a, you know, a master bedroom and a, and a twin room so you can come with the kids and it's... Uh, magical it's in a little valley and there's no traffic so it's fantastic and sitting across from me I've got Michael Turner aka Titch tell us a little bit about yourself Michael uh, I'm from uh, Darwin in the uh, in the NT uh, back there in Australia I'm currently serving with the Royal Australian Navy as a uh, chief physical trainer so I'm in charge of the um, all the PT up there in Darwin would I get a would I get a job as a physical trainer with the, with the I, regime we've been putting you through? I think uh, they might uh, have a look at you and think uh, you might have to go to see the Sykes first, <laughs> and, and then, then they might uh, go from there. But they'd certainly uh, have a chance, I would say. John, what was your um, motivation to come here? You know, you've been listening to the show for a while. Um, what what sort of tickled your fancy in terms of wanting to try doing it at camp? Trying to, um, I've been doing uh, Ironman now for probably about five or six years and I've sort of lost my mojo a little bit and uh, I thought, and I'd always, as you said, listen to the show and trying to get that mojo back a little bit and I thought what better way than to uh, go and push the body to uh, places that uh, it certainly hasn't been before <laughs> and um, hopefully try and get my mojo back a bit and uh, yeah, I think it is and uh, I'm certainly... Uh, more fatigued than uh, I think I've ever been before and uh, yeah hopefully out of that um, something good will come. So yeah um, you're in the the red jersey competition so you're you're an over 50 um, yep. what were your expectations coming into the camp you know you, you hear about camp completion and you've been carrying a little bit of an injury and stuff so what were you what was your sort of plan coming in? plan coming in was to try and stick to um, my heart rate zone plan to try and because I obviously coming from Darwin, we have uh, zero hills in Darwin, so there wasn't a hell of a lot of uh, hill work done prior to the camp, and then coming up against some of these monsters early on in the camp, it uh, <laughs> certainly sat the, uh, the legs a little bit early on. But uh, yeah, after the first day, which um, I would 
classify as my hardest day I've ever spent in the shell in the in the saddle ever. Um, I had to uh, reevaluate, and reevaluate was just to uh, try and get to the end of the camp in one piece, and uh, wasn't too concerned about any red jerseys or anything, especially after I saw. Um, Murray, uh, I think he did a few extras at the end of that first day, and uh, yeah. yeah, yes, uh, some pretty in- pretty impressive individuals. And you, you've come along with your wife, and mm. um, and I thought she she looked like she had some really good riding form those first few days. What's it been like doing a camp with your with your wife when you were under the pump in terms of you know physically you're on edge, and then emotionally you get a little bit on edge as well because we're all pretty knackered and it's pretty easy to have a go at someone, especially if it's someone you you know. Um, so how, has that been a help or a hindrance? Or <laughs> no, we've certainly had our moments. Um, no, but she's pretty good. We uh, we do a lot of training together back at home, and, um, and as you said, Jennifer is uh, very strong on the bike. Um, I'd like to see her have a crack at Ironman one day, but that's uh, that's her decision. She's she's raced long course for Australia and um, all that sort of good stuff, and she um, yeah, she's uh, she's very impressive on the bike, and sometimes makes me feel a little bit inferior. <laughs> uh, are you in the serious dog box tonight? Well, I didn't even know that uh, <laughs> anything was up until I awoke from my slumber at about 3.30 this afternoon and realised that I was missing a wife yeah. from this morning's um, tri- uh, triathlon that we ran. Um, then I started to get a little bit worried and started to send out a few texts and uh, then she uh, wandered through the door looking like she, she'd just done day one again. <laughs> <laughs> she went, Jennifer went a little bit AWOL yeah. on our triathlons. We had a, a triathlon in Lake Annecy where he swam a K and then we had to navigate our way sort of 30K back to the back to the accommodation and then run from there and she managed to uh, make a wrong, wrong turn, turn and go up, go back up the cold air of East and <laughs> then went up some other hill as well and then we were all uh, sitting in town having a beer and she uh, and she rolls up. <laughs> yeah, she's because there's uh, those gravestone things on the side of the road where they give you a uh, percentage of the climb for the next kilometre, and then and it will give you a kilometre to the top. And she said she started seeing them again, and thought, I'm I'm certainly not on course. <laughs> I haven't thought of them as gravestones yeah. before. Yeah. They yeah. are actually yeah. <laughs> so every k you go up, there's these famous climbs. A lot of them there. They have a little gravestone there telling you what the next percentage is. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so has it been harder than what you thought it was going to be? Oh, harder plus yeah. uh, probably another 20%. Yeah. yeah. And I, I must admit that uh, if I came back and had another crack, which I would more than likely like to, yeah. I'd, much, I'd want to uh, prepare a little bit better and ensure that the body was operating on uh, on at least uh, at least six cylinders. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's been, been hard work, but... Of, uh, the scenery's a, been pretty shit though, hasn't oh, it? Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. Some of the, the I sometimes have to go back and re- relive the scenery through the photographs the next uh, that night because I uh, the whole day becomes a bit of a blur when you're uh, when you're chewing a handlebar. Yeah. For the majority of it, uh, it's been spectacular. Mm. Um, so, what's your what's your favourite mo- moment of the, the camp so far? Favourite moment would have easily be uh, completing day. Oh, here we go. They're all rolling into one now. Day three, I think it was. We. We had a um, duathlon, uh, sorry, a biathlon in the morning, yep. and um, then we had what looks on paper to be relatively uh, stock standard ride of 112k. Um, by the time I'd reached the base of, I can't remember the name of it. We the, had uh, the Col, uh, it was called Iswad. Yeah, Iswad, yeah, I thought, um, 
Climbing up that reminded me a hell of a lot of uh, the first day. Got up to the top in one piece, uh, come flying down uh, the back and uh, had a bit of a blowout doing it about 50 k's an hour so uh, had to hang on to the bike, managed to hang on to that, get down to the bottom and I thought oh, happy days, Yeah. easy street from here and Julie our fantastic, one of our fantastic support staff uh, said it's just rolling hills all the way back. <laughs> 30k rolling 30K, up. Yeah, 30k climb to completion and uh, yes i was never been more happy to reach the top of a summit but yeah but that just shows you where you can where you can push the body to and that's the sort of stuff that when you uh when you, next time you roll that around to an iron man it all becomes uh oh. just that little bit easier an iron man after uh, doing this camp uh, looks like a walk in the park at the moment but nice uh, yeah so hopefully we can get back there so we've got uh what have we got we got three days to go uh just gonna look to bang out bang out uh the minimums which are yep. which are not that uh which is still pretty big but uh is that the plan for the rest of the camp yeah absolutely with i've got a bit of a calf niggle at the moment which is really disappointing because it's uh, my running is probably my favorite uh, discipline when it comes to triathlon but um yeah just the the bare minimums and uh, hopefully a little bit extra in the water i've uh, had a few tips from a couple of uh couple of our very good swimmers on uh, on the camp which um, seem to be seem to be working at the moment so I'm uh, yeah pretty keen to uh, get a couple of extra k's there where I can't run so yeah should be Fantastic. should be good fun I'll oh, we'll just make sure you beat Louie up a couple of those climbs yeah oh, yeah oh, Louie sat on me all day <laughs> all day yesterday and then uh, sprint past me over the line you're a bit of a uh, uh, bit of a snake in the grass Luke <laughs> <laughs> here he comes out. that's awesome Titch thanks for your time no worries John Sponsor. Okay, our second sponsor we're going to talk about today is Extreme Endurance. And if you want to go to their website, it's xendurance.com. And one thing I will say, we've talked about their products a lot over the time. You've got the Extreme Endurance, you've got the the Fuel 5, you've got you know the immune boost, their protein powder, their post-run or training recovery drinks and stuff like that. They've got all that stuff there. But it is, they do ship worldwide, and what you can do is when you go to the website, you just go on the front page, it's pretty obvious, there's a place that says select your country, and you'll notice that they've got, you know, maybe 30 countries that they ship to, so if you are wanting, if you are in some obscure place and you're listening to this, let's say you're in, I don't know, in Serbia right now, or Slovakia, I'm not sure how many listeners we have in Slovakia, if you are a listener in Slovakia, flick me an email, um, but you know, they do ship to all of these locations, so Go to the website and just see if you can get it in your location. And if you can't, they're pretty great. Their, their service is amazing. And you maybe have to flick them an email and see what can happen there. While you're there, you may want to also check out their Facebook page. They're just really good at putting some good information up about you know how to be a better athlete on their Facebook page. And you can also sign up for their newsletter. And they'll just give you, again, it's another thing that just gives you more information. That's kind of cool as well. I will say one thing that's really good about athletes is you can buy bundles. Not athletes, sorry, extreme endurance is you can buy bundles. So you may know that you are using Amiga Joint 4, Immune Boost, and Extreme Endurance all at one time. So you can get bundles so it works out to be cheaper for you when you do this. And if you're in the US, if you order over $100 worth of products, you actually get free shipping. So again, Extreme Endurance, we know the products. We know we've got great feedback about their products, and they seem to be a pretty amazing company at good service as well. So anywhere and pretty much anywhere in the world you can get their products. Just go to their website xendurance.com, check out where you are, check out if they ship to their audio audio bundle and uh, you know it's going to help you improve your athletic performance.
extreme endurance guys okay here's i think one more epic camp interview and then i'm going to wrap up the show okay sometimes we have to uh, change nicknames on the show and i've got the stalker who stalked me all the way to france but we're actually going to have to change her name to L'Escargot Francaise de la Montagne because uh, we have John Hancock Mountain Snail but we're in France and we have a female snail now and she's French and uh, Zania Morrison, welcome along Zania. Thanks John. Yeah, you okay with that name? Yep, no I'm pretty happy with that. You're, I think it's very fitting. Yeah, you're descending and has been descents back home and so and um, being unsure on the opposite side of the road as well and on some roads they were a lot busier than I thought they would be with the traffic mm. so yeah but uh, I'd rather get down safely so I can beat them up the next climb. Good. Now um, you know normally the when we come to a camp you know we well, have to have people sort of under 5 out of 30 sort of bikes or give up and, and and you'd be just happy to keep cranking it out each day. What was your sort of motivation to come along? Uh, well I've always wanted to come to France and um, Ian's always wanted to come and watch the tour so but he's always found an excuse not to come. Work, work, Which is work. work. <laughs> so I put my foot down this year and said no, nope, uh, we're going. So if he wasn't going to come along in the camp then I was coming by myself. So, so now he's actually going to watch the tour and I'm going to Milan to shop with the girls. So so yeah, no, we are very grateful that you've let us come along and hopefully we've proven ourselves um, being fit enough to to get through the days so far, so yeah. Absolutely. Um, now, the camp's bloody hard, but is it harder than what you thought it was going to be or is it uh, pretty much on par? Uh, it's pretty much on par with what I thought <laughs> it would be. Um, yeah. Today I really struggled. Um, I felt not safe swimming today, so yeah. uh, I was a bit fatigued. So. Um, and then the bike ride back up that hill um, was a bit of a mere. So I'm having trouble with my brakes. I think I've worn out the brake pads actually. <laughs> I think you would have too. So, um, and then uh, it was funny though because when I was running, I felt like absolute crap, and I thought, oh, this is it. This is it. I'm not going to be able to do any more. But when I looked at my pacing, it's the sort of pace that I wanted to do for the marathons yeah. in the Ironman Switzerland, which is coming up. hard for us we go we sort of racing up the mountains and you guys are as well but you're just because you're a little bit slower you're out there for a lot longer do you have any idea on what your training hours are for the for the first week or not uh i haven't added them all up yet but we're averaging probably seven to eight hours on the bike um yeah. each day so um but i've done that back home in training and preparation yeah. so um uh, it's, i'm pretty used to it and hey look at the scenery oh it's amazing you know you just have to look up and think well this is where you are and it's um, worth every pedal stroke. Now you've got a pretty crazy schedule after the camp. Yes. Yep, fill us, <laughs> fill us in. Uh, well we've got an epic shopping trip in Milan, the yeah. three girls will be there for 48 hours and then we're heading back to Morzine for the start of taper into Ironman Switzerland. So Di and I are doing that and Chrissy is doing the Olympic distance the day before. Yeah. And then, well I thought the same way we were here might as well do the Alpe d'Huez triathlon and that's five days after Ironman Switzerland so, so that few, could be a bit of a suffer fest. <laughs> a few days ago we went up to Alpe d'Huez, um, now we didn't do the whole bike course but we biked Alpe d'Huez and we 
ran um, a pretty good chunk of what the the course was like so maybe explain to us what you thought of the course um, being Altuez and the run course and uh, and whether it was kind of what you thought it was going to be like. Uh, no, well Altuez the switchbacks weren't as um, bad as I thought they would be um, and I did have quite a lot of fatigue in my legs already with the previous day of cycling so um, I'll be pretty fatigued post yeah. uh, Ironman so uh, at least I know I can get up there. No point in missing out on the opportunity. Cool. Yeah, and the run course. Well, I just when I first started running up there, the altitude I didn't oh, notice it a bit, but it was rough. Uh, after <laughs> after about a kilometre, my yeah. breathing came right, and I think yeah. it's only 22k's in the um, yeah. in the uh, triathlon, so that should be okay. And um, have you had uh, in terms of the you, you girls? You know, somebody suggested once to me to have a. Um, an all, do an all girls camp with uh, you know 15 or 20 girls and obviously uh, I really don't think that's a great idea. That you, would be <laughs> the worst idea ever. Yeah, You've got a, a little group there of, of three girls, I mean um, how has that worked for you? You're all good friends but has there been any, uh, any ag- aggro at this stage or is it competitiveness? <laughs> and, and we have got Chris and sitting nearby. Um, no, no, no aggro, I mean everyone gets tired and especially when the directions are with the accommodation. Um, but I've been very impressed with Chrissy's French getting us out of trouble. So, but uh, yeah, we get tired and I, end of the day, I do get a bit grumpy. Well, yeah. I'll admit to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, we haven't hit each other yet, so it's nice. a good start. <laughs> but no, I wouldn't do a, a full female camp. Uh, it's really nice. The guys have been very encouraging, especially with their descending and everything. So yeah. got a few tips from everyone and yeah, it's nice to meet some new people so and so what's what's been the hardest thing for you so far hardest um, hardest part of the camp hardest part of the camp was that first one in the oh, yeah, that was pretty <laughs> getting yeah. abused by some french seaman yeah <laughs> uh yeah that was uh, I'm, I'm not a sea swimmer um and i'm definitely not a swimmer in the lake but uh, i can manage it a bit better in the lake than i do in the ocean so and it was pretty rough out there yeah, so, we, yeah. Sw- so we swam uh i can't remember how far it was it was, it was about two and a half k it was cold, it was rough, and the boys, you couldn't see them, and then Provzani was last out there in a fishing boat, uh, didn't take too fancy to swing around that fishing <laughs> area. And um, hardest moment on the bike, have you, have you had any sort of breakthrough moments where you've been going along going, I've got to give up, I can't make this, and you've actually been able to overcome that? Uh, yeah, well today, when we did the triathlon, um, oh, I'm really tired today, so um, coming back up that hill, I was... Yeah. And there was a lot of traffic around. I get quite grumpy when there's traffic around and yeah. trucks and stuff. So it was like being back at home, actually. So yeah. I was like, there's a few swear words coming out. <laughs> but I mean, I can't give up because I have to get back to the accommodation. There's no one to come pick me up. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, uh, not really. Not not yet. There's a few days to go. <laughs> Was it the colder Zoran or something yeah, like that? Yeah, the colder Zoran, yeah, yeah. There was quite a few bikers up there with their Harley Davidsons all getting photos taken in front of the sign, and I was tired, cold, and wanted them to get out of the way. So <laughs> <laughs> I just told them to bugger off and get Dropped a real bike. F bomb. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, that would be the favourite day so far. Was that right? Yeah, um, it was 
It was long. absolutely stunning. Mm. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. Mm. I didn't do the descent down because I would have still been You'd still be out midnight. there. Like <laughs> <laughs> I noticed uh, Ian asked me, uh, the uh, support crew, Ian asked me if I was happy. I was in the van. I said yes. Yeah. And then probably almost fell asleep. So nice. That was a long day. Uh, you guys are cranking through it really well and uh, we might catch up with you at the end of the camp. Okay, thanks, John. Awesome. Radio team, that's the, the Epic Camp interviews for this week. Now, I think we're going to have one more week of Epic Camp interviews and then we're going to be back to the normal show. I know this kind of period of time has been a little bit different for the show because I went away first and then John went away second. And so it's just kind of all over the place. But I will say, if you could do one cool thing, if you're a Facebook friend of John, he's going to be turning 40 on, I think he said the 6th. So. Um, yeah, so if you are, just give him some love on Facebook. 40 is a, a significant age. It's one of those decade barriers in our life. So, or I don't know if it's a barrier, but a decade mark in our life. So if you want to, you can just go give him some love on Facebook or flick us an email and, and I'll send it forward to him on his birthday. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's aging up. So maybe we'll hear about another Kona comeback because he can go up in age and maybe do better than what he did last time. Anyway, team, we're going to get back into the show back again. Again, next week, I think it will be a, a an epic camp type of show and then the week after that we'll be back into the studios so keep on rocking keep on doing what you do uh what is i mean talk it's uh i'm russ i mean don't train hard train smart kia kaha <laughs>